So much of our time is spent in meetings. Leading effective meetings that stay on point and meet their objectives will save a lot of time and frustration and allow people to get their jobs done more effectively. More importantly, meetings model the company culture and how people communicate. I'm Jason Gore, and I'm here with executive coach Robert McDonough. Thanks, Jason. Uh, this is a really important topic because, uh, you know, I've been aghast at how many meetings I've sat in in different teams and companies that uh, just spent so much time focusing on the wrong things and then people walk away frustrated and upset and the ball hasn't been moved down the field. And the thing is, it, it's, it's not hard. We can get better um, without too much work. Yeah. You know, when I got my MBA, we talked about all sorts of things. There wasn't one mention of effective meetings. It's kind of amazing, right? Like, and yet leaders spend the vast majority of their time, at least eight, I would say 80% of their time inside of meetings, and yet there's no business training on it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not very complicated, but the costs of not doing this well are, are pretty simple. I mean, in my experience, there's a lot of lost time because latest and loudest um, items that aren't the most important things that we should be focused on based on our roadmap, based on what our active projects are, they, they end up taking too much time. And because of poor facilitation, we end up going down rabbit holes and tangents and things get emotional and people get frustrated and upset with each other and a needless interpersonal conflict arises. And one of the costs of that is that the same things keep on coming up. Like we just don't get the topic done. And so it's like when that same topic, like it's like that annoying little, you know, death by water drop. It's just like that same topic, which you can't seem to cover because you just can't get through it because there's all these tangents um, yeah. rather than taking a more structured approach and getting through that topic so that there's less frustration. Um, but Robert, what the thing I do want to mention is I think one of the biggest costs is the cost of the culture. Yeah. You know, when you have bad meetings, what I see is people then start showing up late, people yep. get really unfocused, they come unprepared, and it, the culture starts to devolve. Whereas when meetings are run really well at the executive level, when there's an agenda, when there's facilitation when things are tight and structured that culture then spreads through the organization and other people do that i mean one of my basic rules is that every meeting should have an agenda and even a, a meeting with two people and That's if right. that happens it just everybody comes more prepared yeah Good, and I want to uh, you know get into you know the nuts and bolts of that a little bit more in a minute. But I, you know, first I want to talk about what gets in the way because it's it's similar to a lot of the things that we talk about in leadership development. It's really it's it's human nature. It's just natural that like when we show up at the meeting, we, you know, we want to be relaxed and casual about it, but things end up being just ad hoc. And, you know, we say it's like okay, you know, what do we want to talk about? And it's just the, the the things that top of mind come up. And, you know, being a facilitator is, uh, you know, a bit of like being a traffic cop. You have to be a bit of a bad guy uh, and interrupt people. And if that precedent isn't set, people aren't naturally going to do it. They're going to play easy and just let the conversation go where it wants to go, which, you know, 95% of the time is not where it needs to go. And, you know, a lot of these topics, these rabbit holes that are related, you know, and it's like we have to figure this out and there's, there's kind of a chain of thought that leads into them. Let's figure out this first. But if 
you don't facilitate it, it just gets all over the place. But that's kind of why I said, you know, having an agenda, because if you don't have an agenda, it's really hard to facilitate. If you don't have a clear objective of where the conversation is going and what you're trying to accomplish, not just the topic. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that people will have, you know, what gets in the way is people have these topics, right? But they don't actually focus on what is the objective inside of this topic. And so there's a lot of things that are related to the topic that feel relevant and everybody wants to contribute. So the conversation just kind of ends up all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, things can get very emotional very fast um, when the power dynamics in the room, you know, are, are muddled with facilitation because, oh, the CEO is in the room. So therefore there's, you know, it kind of seems like he can take the power card whenever they want. And then, you know, someone gets upset and drills in on something because someone just says one little thing or a number's off. We get way off track. The scope creeps kind of takes over. And before we know it, the time for our meeting is over. We're more stressed out and we have to go on and focus on the next thing on our list for that day. And mm -hmm. uh, it happens all the time. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've had this experience many times. All the time. And there's, I mean, there's meetings that are kind of horrendous like that, that there's power dynamics and things don't get said. But even the meetings that are relatively good um you know people get a little confused about where we are in a, a conversation yep. like you know and so so often you know there'll be some good ideas and some real creative exploration and then someone is going to play devil's advocate and kind of shut down that creativity and so that's why i really focus on just a clear agenda like are we exploring options are we narrowing in are we making a decision are we just understanding the situation? What are we actually trying to accomplish so that it guides everybody in the room to listen and, in a certain way and contribute in a certain way? Um, and th that's really, I think, one of the, the big things that we could do well here is have an agenda that has a really clear objective. Yeah. And so, yeah, so let's talk about how to, how to do this well. And there's, there's a few things that, um, that I've worked with over the years that, that work really well. And as you say, you know, ha having an agenda, and that can be a prepared agenda. But uh, for me, I, I like to do kind of a preamble in a meeting where we review the active projects, you know, especially if this is an ongoing team, you know, regular meeting. You know, we always review, you know, what we've committed to, you know, what are the, the metrics, the, the roadmap, et cetera. So that way, we can do an agenda round and, and, and load it up with things that are actually based on what should be happening, what we've committed to, and, uh, and really, you know, kind of take the, the plane up into a higher altitude to see what's going on and then bring it back down to start working on the ground. You know, this is an interesting topic, Robert, um, because project review meetings is, I think, where most startups start their conversations. And there comes to be a certain point where the team gets a bit bigger. And I find that they, the, the startup teams, the executive teams, once they get to be a little bit more senior, stop doing this kind of meeting um, because it's just too time consuming and it's too detailed. But instead, they replace it with kind of really hot topics that are multidisciplinary um, yes. and have impacts that are, that are cross function that really warrant the time of a large functional group. But this is really, you know, case in point is that as a company evolves, their meetings will also evolve. And I think that's one of the things in the way is that that evolution um, usually comes out of frustration rather than 
you know, premeditating, hey, what's going to be the most effective use of our time as a company grows? That's right. And so, you know, this topic is about facilitation and facilitation is, is an art form. It's also a science. It's something that we can get better at. But I think one mistake that a lot of people make is assuming that the team lead or the executive or the person with the most authority should be the facilitator. And by default, that happens where it, it, it doesn't need to be that way. Anyone on the team can actually exercise the muscle of facilitation and it actually can have a lot of advantages if it's not the person with the most authority in the room. But what's mm -hmm. essential here is that there is a clear designated facilitator who, whose accountability is keeping us on track keeping yes. track of time, keeping track of where we are on the agenda. So that way, if I'm the facilitator, I can interrupt you and say, it's like, okay, do you have what you need on this topic? Because we're going to go on to the next agenda item and keep things moving forward. It's just a game changer. It will change everything. I agree completely. I actually really like to assign roles in the beginning of meetings. And I agree with you completely that, you know, if you have a CEO in the room or a a higher powered individual, they ideally should not be the facilitator. Right. Um, you know, like spread that love around. But the also I'll, I'll have a facilitator, right, who's really, their goal is to keep the conversation on point. And, you know, to simply ask the question, right, hey, are we on point here? Yep. Um, and let's, let's bring it back. Let's, let's come back to the objective. And sometimes the facilitator might say, hey, are we on point here? And the person might say, well, in order to make this decision, if the goal is to make this decision, we have to make this other decision first. Yes. And then we have to, might have to rejigger the agenda. Oh, okay, well, we might not get to the decision we wanted to make. Sure. Let's actually make this decision because you're right. And, you know, actually shift the group's attention um, into a certain direction. It's kind of like a school of fish. Yeah. Right? We all want to be swimming in the same direction. Uh, otherwise... It just gets really confusing and people don't know how to contribute. Yeah. I, mean, I just want to tell a quick story. I was on the um, board of directors of a company. And it, when going to the, the operational meetings, what I found out was that the CEO of the company was acting as the default facilitator because his emotions would kind of get going and we would all follow his lead. He was also basically acting like the secretary because he was the one wrangling everyone's calendars together to schedule the next meeting. And he was the one where, you know, that kind of had to, to cover all of the, the heavy decisions, the difficult conversations of being in the role of CEO. And I just watched him get more and more stressed out over time and finally had to, you know, work with the team to separate these roles, to designate a separate person to schedule the meetings and a separate person. We, we would, uh, one way I like to do it with facilitators is we, we elect on terms. So there's one person who's a facilitator for say six months. And that way they can kind of, you know, build their uh, experience as a facilitator, build their authority that way. They actually uh, uh, learn how to interrupt the right people, you know, over time. Mm -hmm. But then, after six months or whatever it is, they pass that baton over. And so the power dynamics don't get entrenched in that way. Agree. Uh, I think six months is a bit long for an executive team, but I really like the right. rotating facilitator agenda. And you know what the, what that's, what that really does, it also allows the agenda to be built beforehand. So for a given meeting, if you have a weekly meeting, you know, yep. people send the agenda items to the facilitator and there's a pre-negotiation about what we're talking about. And usually, you know, if it's an executive meeting, the CEO will look at the list of topics and, and talk about them. Now, there's 
also the question of, do we get through a topic until it's done or do we set a time? And, you know, there are some topics that, you know, it's like, this is an emergency. We cannot go on until this is done and everything else can get pushed off the agenda. And there's other things where it's like, no, this is a, we have to cover these three items and we have to do it within 20 minutes. Um, And so, you know, you, you figure out what can you actually accomplish in 20 minutes. And the, the thing that I think most people forget is that you come together as a group to really figure out what is the next step. Can we sync up on something and move forward together? And then we're going to sync up again. We're not here to you know, design the next six months. Right. But we're here to figure one thing out and take the next step and then move on to the next topic. So you know, one thing we could do is just get a really clear objective and then have a timekeeper that says, okay, I'm going to give you guys a five-minute warning when, when we're up so that we could really hone in on the next step. That pressure... Um, when handled well can be fun and kind of like feel like a game. It could also be done really poorly and add a lot of stress to yeah. the, the conversation. Like, uh, you know, hitting the snooze button over and over. It's like, okay, you asked for five more minutes. It's been five minutes and finally the timekeeper just stops updating. Um, but you know, it's, it, it, some teams do that better than others. That is something yeah. to get better at. Um, another trick that I really like to use is that every agenda item has an owner um, at the table and so that way, as the facilitator, if you own this agenda item, I can consistently bring it back to you and be like, Jason, do you have what you need for this agenda yes. item? And that reminds us all that whatever rabbit hole we're going down, you can look at it. It's like, well, no, I actually, I need you to make this decision and I need to kind of, you know, feel that like, you know, we're on the right track in this direction. And that's when I know it's done because there's one person that says I'm done and yeah. we'll move on. And that assumes that the facilitator and that, that kind of agenda item holder is are different people. I mean, usually in more ad hoc meetings, the the person who is the driver or the person that's owning the agenda item ends up playing the facilitation role. I think that's pretty common. Right. Um, in in weekly meetings where it's repetitive in nature, then often those people are separated out because you have a one facilitator who's consistently leading that meeting and then the kind of the driver or that agenda item holder, who's really the owner of the meeting and like, what is the objective and are we getting there? Are we, are we on point? They're kind of the ones that really know that. Right. Um, So the point of all this is there's lots of ways to do it. It's just to do it. Well, I do want to talk about the end of meetings though, um, especially repetitive meetings. Yeah. And there's two key things here. One is you got to have a parking lot. Right? Because if we're asking people to stay on point and focus on things, then there has to be a place for them to capture questions, concerns, things that they kind of want to put on the table before a decision is made or before a next step is t- taken. And so a way to capture those in a group environment, write them up on the board and say, you know, it allows someone to actually relax and be in the flow of the meeting and stay on point rather than kind of be jumping at their gun saying, we can't do this until this other decision is made. Um, and just by putting it up there and literally like writing it up on the board, yes, allowing people to see it, it really allows people to focus. Yes. 
Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, depending on the scope of the meeting, what level we're working at, um, it can be really good to have some form of, um, of minutes or uh, where, you know, whatever decisions have been made in the meeting and what parking lot items have been captured, uh, get emailed to the, to the participants afterwards. And that way I know that helps me trust the system more that if one of my items gets put in the parking lot, it's not just, you know, deflected it's captured. I remember that I can bring it up again if it's still alive. Yep. You know, we can make meetings as complicated or as simple as we want. Um, we've covered a lot of kind of little pieces that, you know, folks might have trouble imagining. I imagine it as a little chart, right? Where you have a topic, you have an objective, and then you have a list of roles. Yep. Right? You have the owner of that agenda item. You have the facilitator um, who's facilitating the conversation. If they're different, usually they're the same. Um, in in kind of shorter meetings um, or ad hoc meetings. And then if there's a timekeeper, just kind of all the roles. Yeah. And, you know, the big thing here is to spend a few minutes at the end of repetitive meetings to learn and improve the meeting process. Now, maybe it's just saying, hey, guys, email me as facilitator if you have any ideas. But to do, so, do a quick plus delta, yeah. what worked here and what didn't, you yeah. know? Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, Jason, because, you know, I want to add in a, another thing that um, I, I've used a lot and, and I think works well when it's facilitated well, but that is having a check-in and a check-out round. And that way, you know, if it, if it is efficient at the beginning of the meeting, we can just do a whip around on just kind of like, you know, anything that's up for you in coming into this meeting. And it can be in relationship to the agenda items we might get into. But more often, this is an opportunity to say, it's like, yeah, you know, I was up all night because my dog was throwing up. And that's why I'm a little extra punchy right now. Or, you know, my mom's still in the hospital. So you might see me kind of like thinking about that. Um, when those things don't have an opportunity just to be made contact with, it can create a lot of extra confusion. As well as, you know, a checkout round, just real quickly, it's like, you know, that's a place where I can take an extra breath and just be like, yeah, you know, I'm still kind of worked up over that, you know, eight rounds we went on that item, but I feel confident that we're moving in the right direction. And I just hope, you know, we have a, you know, better timekeeper next meeting, you know, little yeah. plus Delta things like you're saying there that allow us to complete. You know, and most of the time we're working with the same people over and over again. There's yep. so many of our meetings that are kind of in this weekly format or biweekly format. And that's, you know, where the, the points you're making, Robert, really pay off. And, you know, like I have a, a meeting with my team, uh, my, my core team, twice a week. And we do our check-in round on Mondays and the kind of major life updates, but we don't, don't do it on Thursdays, right? Yeah. Because it, it takes up time. So it's like, that's what the plus delta at the end of the meeting does, is it really allows people, while it's fresh, to continually update the process of how we're meeting, how are we effective here, what can be do to make it more effective. And the big thing is, you know, at the leadership level, everything that you do is getting modeled. Like the learning that happens around meetings gets modeled and then they bring that to their teams and then their team leaders bring it to the, their teams. And so the, the core of it is if you have good meetings at the top, you're going to have good meetings at the bottom. And literally, I would imagine maybe 20% efficiency increase by having good meetings. Like literally, like imagine all the money you're paying your staff, you know, multiply that by 20% and you can see like that's how much money you, or how much more productivity you could have if you have good meetings. Yeah. Um, so if I were to like summarize this one thing, 
you know, is, is to have an agenda and have a plus delta at the end, a way to improve things over time. If, if that's all you did, right, that would be the ground on which you could start to build more effective meeting practices. Yeah. Because that applies really well to one-on-ones as well, and, and I notice when whenever I'm doing one-on-one meetings, like I like even ad hoc one-on-one meetings, I'm often in the mindset of just like, okay, let's do like a quick, you know, agenda roll-up. You know, what do we want to talk about in this meeting? You know, boom, 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 boom. Just get the scope of things, so we're not leaving the most important things till the last five minutes. <laughs> that happens all the time. All the you time. know, or we don't have time. Like you know, we the check-in takes a long time, and then. Holy God, we have this huge topic that we actually have to cover. Yeah, the you most know. important thing got left out to the last five minutes. It happens all the time. And you know, Robert, I have to say, like, in my coaching conversations, I've always learned to do this. It's, I, I, so many times at the beginning of my coaching career, like 10 minutes left, someone would bring up, oh, by the way, my aunt died and she's the one that raised me. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you didn't tell me this in the beginning? Like, that's a big deal. Like, yeah. you know share this stuff or this big thing happened where I, I fired my co-founder and they, they tell me this at the end of the meeting. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be, you know, with a little bit of structure, these things can, can come out. And so, you know, I'm, I'm put to mind of like the, the teams where I've seen that really nailed this and the companies that I've been a part of. And I, I remember the last business that I was in, you know, we were proud of our meetings. Like they were sexy. We were so good at this structure of like the facilitators were really dialed in that we would hammer through agenda items. And they're like, whether they were really important agenda items or even like, you know, personal tensions or anything across the map, we were so good at knowing how to be in the meeting that we could get through 50 plus meetings, uh, uh, excuse me, 50 plus agenda items in a 90 minute meeting and just feel like, holy moly, we, you know, we really rocked out there. Mm -hmm. And even like, you know, sometimes cross-functional people, you know, would come and sit in in the meeting just so they could kind of like be a part of what was happening there because, um, you know, it, it felt like we were really like um, um, ninjas in, in taking care of business in an efficient way. And I think yeah. it's not hard to do. You just have to um, get better at it. <laughs> well, I think we all hate the bad meetings. And when a meeting like that happens and it just feels so good, I, I just, it feels like it's like charges you up for the day. And right. like it, it, for me, it, you know, when I'm, I come out of a meeting like that, like I just feel like I'm on fire. I get so much done. Like I'm excited to get back to my desk to do the action items. So yep. like, you know, because there's a momentum that gets created. Yep. Well, the key takeaway here and you know, we started off this conversation by saying that running, we all know what to do with running meetings and it's actually not quite true. Meetings are a complex human dynamic. You got a lot of people in a room trying to accomplish a lot of different things and getting all those fish to swim in the same lane, in the same direction and be effective is actually hard work. But meetings are a key lever to drive efficiency and well-run meetings not only save a lot of time, save a lot of frustration, but they also model a way for getting to decisions and working together that can be spread throughout the organization. Yeah, Jason, I, I look forward to everyone having better experience in your meetings going forward. To all the leaders out there, we hope this conversation has been helpful.